prayer really work? Can prayer actually change our real-world situations? Is it okay for us to set prayer goals? Things we want to achieve and then pray and ask God to help us get there? Or is that a selfish way to pray? Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Prayer Changes So today we're starting a new message series for the whole month of October. It's called Prayer Changes. Prayer Changes. And uh, I'm sure you're thinking that's an incomplete sentence. Is the usual sentence not prayer changes things? Well, yes, it is today, but prayer doesn't just change things. Prayer changes people too. And we're going to be looking at various aspects of what prayer does. Next week we will be looking at how prayer changes us, but today we will be looking at how prayer changes things, things in our lives, circumstances, situations, uh, difficulties that we have that we don't have the capacity to deal with. Through the power of prayer, we can partner with God and bring God's help and guidance and power into our situations in life and begin to see them change and transform. So today we're looking at prayer changes things. Say that with me, please, will you? Prayer changes things. And I want to start with uh, a verse that might, on the outside of it, like if this wasn't in the Bible, and if I just said that, began to talk about this, about prayer, like it said in the opening video, very often I don't know how many times over the years I've had people say to me or ask me, um, is it okay? Or, or if I say to them, what would you like prayer for? Oh, I don't want any prayer for myself. That would be selfish. Um, you know, let's just pray for somebody else that has worse needs than me. As if God has, he goes to the cupboard of answered prayers and he's like, oh, we're, ru- we're running short. We better not give you know, people answers to prayers for smaller things, we better keep them just for the big things. You know, God is a God of more than enough. Um, The Bible says that when we pray, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Far above, like all these words, like you don't need all these words in the sentence. God is making a point here. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above anything you could ask for or even think. Now, that means that God has an endless supply of answers to prayer. And yes, you can pray for somebody who has greater needs than you, but you can also pray for you as well and for your lesser needs. There's enough in store for everybody. And so I want us to start off by looking at this verse in the Bible. Very interesting verse. It's in 3 John, verse 2. 
And I want you to remember that the Apostle John was probably Jesus' best friend. As we read the Gospels, he seems to be, there's three people who are the closest to Jesus, Peter, James, and John. And John is called the beloved disciple. And so, like, it was almost like John was Jesus' best friend. John was the one that was sitting right next to Jesus at the Last Supper, all of that kind of stuff. And so John had spent a lot of time with Jesus, both in crowds and amongst the 12 disciples and with the three top tier and then even on his own. And so he had an insight into what Jesus thought. And here in this verse in the Bible, John is writing to another Christian called, called Gaius, and he writes to him and says this, dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. Isn't that a fantastic prayer? I mean, like, first of all, it's really short and to the point. Sometimes we think that we have to kind of like coax God into answering prayers or convince him that it would be a good idea if he answered this prayer. And so we think that we have to word our prayers in really complicated ways, but Jesus said, you don't need to babble on and on like pagans do when they're praying. You can just go to your father and tell him what you want because he knows what you need even before you ask. And so this prayer is short and to the point. And it says, dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Have you ever thought about this as a prayer when you're praying for somebody? Maybe you have a family member or a friend or a loved one or somebody that you're concerned about. And they've got some need in their life and you want to pray about that. But you know, very often a need that we have in our life is not an isolated thing. It's connected to other things as well. And, and so maybe if you prayed a prayer like this for somebody, you're kind of covering their entire life. I mean, in every way. I mean, like you couldn't get more covering your entire life than that. Dear friend, I pray for you. I pray that you may prosper in every way. I pray that you would prosper emotionally. I pray that you would prosper spiritually. I pray that your relationships would be enriched, that your business would grow, that you would find the right career, that all the money that you need would be provided, that in every area of your life, you will see it going from one step to the next, from strength to strength, as you continue to follow the ways of God. I pray that every part of your life will prosper, will blossom, will flourish. Uh, now, that's practical needs. And I pray that you may be in good health. One of the things the Bible tells us to pray for people for is for their healing and their health. Just as you are prospering and in good health, spiritually.
You see, it is important to pray for people to spiritually come alive, spiritually flourish, spiritually prosper, to come to know God and grow in their faith and in their relationship with God. Of course, I mean, that seems to be the priority because this guy was already prospering and in good health spiritually, just as you already are. But once that's taken care of, there's other needs in life we need to pray about too. And you know, this isn't the only prayer in the Bible which is very similar to this. There's another one. It's found in the Old Testament, and it's about a guy that we only hear about one time. His name is Jabez. So let's have a look at this one, the next verse, which is about Jabez. It's found in 1 Chronicles, and it says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. Now, in the original language, what that, that mean, kind of means is, this guy was like, he was a man of integrity, and he was doing things right. And yet, even though he was a man of integrity who was doing things right, things were going wrong in his life. Things weren't right in his life. You know that situation where it feels like injustice at times? He even talks about it in the Bible. Why do evildoers prosper and the righteous come to harm? You know, one of these kind of situations. I'm more honorable than my brothers. I'm a man of integrity and honesty and I'm doing things right. And yet my life is struggling. It says he was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Jabez in ancient Hebrew means something like this. Boy, that was a sore one. That's what it means. Something along those lines. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine calling your kids that? Painful birth. And this is my second child. Four stitches. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, can you imagine having that name? It's almost like a curse. It's almost like being called a pain in the neck your entire life. It's almost like people, every time they call your name, it's something negative. Anyway, so so his mother had a bad time and called him Jabez. And he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. And what did he pray? A very similar prayer to the one we've just read. Oh, that you would bless me. Well, isn't that a selfish prayer to pray for God to bless you? Shouldn't you just pray that God ends all famines? Well, do you know how God ends famines? Through people. (laughs) That's how he does it. Do you know how God changes world problems? Through people. It's as we pray, we are changed. And as we pray, other people are raised up. And solutions come to, you know, so being blessed is not a selfish thing. The Bible says, my cup runneth over. God wants to fill your life with so much blessing that you can't contain it yourself and it's spilling over onto other people. And everywhere you go, you are a blessing and you're leaving the world a better place everywhere you go because you're blessed. Now, if you're not blessed, if you're going about struggling, 
cranky, all of that kind of stuff, then that's what you're leaving everywhere you go. Therefore, if it's only once you are blessed that you can be a blessing to the rest of the world. So he knew this. So he said, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Now, remember, this was like an agricultural culture with farmers and sheep herders and people like that. So expanding your territory is talking about your economic status growing. It's talking about your real world circumstances changing. You know, uh, a 10-acre farm will produce less than a 1,000-acre farm. And so he's saying, I've got a small territory and I'm asking you to bless me, and I know that your blessings affect every area of life, not just spiritually, but every area, including my career, including my job, my finances, my family. I'm praying for an enlargement of my territory. I'm praying that my business would grow. I'm praying that my career would advance. I'm praying that I would prosper in every way. And he says, expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. He prayed and asked God to be his partner in the affairs of life. Be with me in all that I do and keep me free from all trouble and pain. Keep me free from it. And actually that, that phrase in the Hebrew has got a double meaning. It, it means don't let me experience any trouble or pain and don't let me be the cause of trouble and pain for other people as well. May I be free from trouble and pain totally in my life. And so here we have a similar situation, a similar prayer to the one that we just read um, in, in 3 John verse 2. And so we see that it's perfectly okay to pray for yourself like Jabez did or pray for somebody else like John did and pray for real changes in the real world in people's real lives, in their health, in their career, in their family, in every area of life as well as spiritually. You know, God, God is an amazing prayer answering God, and so much so that God will even answer prayers that seem completely trivial at times. I, I've told this story before, and, um, but it was a long time ago. I just want to share it briefly. Years ago, when I, when I was at college, I was at Bible college studying theology, and I had an apartment near the college, and um, the, I, I used to, ha I had a golden chain with a cross on it and I had taken it off and put it on the windowsill and I had left the window a little bit open and I had gone I had gone to college and when I came back it was obvious that the window cleaner had been and the window cleaner had cleaned all the windows but my chain and cross were gone and like I was sure I had searched for it 
I'm sure I'd left it on the windowsill. It wasn't there. I searched everywhere for it. Didn't find it. Was a little bit upset about it. And I prayed and I said, God, I don't know where that chain and cross are, but I pray that you would cause it to come back to me again or cause me to stumble upon it and find it. But bring us together again, me on the cross, one more time. And then I never, I forgot about it. It looked like my prayer wasn't answered. I completed that year at college. I finished college. I graduated from college. I had, uh, I, I, I had a, a, like a period of time before I was, I was going to start a new job. I went back to my parents' home and I stayed there for a few months. And while I was there, um, I was sitting talking to my mother one day and I was wearing a shirt. If you've got Victoria's eschatology, on the back cover of it, you'll see that I look very young in the photograph of Victoria's eschatology. It's the shirt I'm wearing in that picture. I'm wearing the shirt. A shirt which I didn't even own when I was at college. It was a new shirt. And it had a top pocket in it. And I was sitting talking to my mother, and I don't know why, but for some reason, while I was talking, I put my hand in and pulled out the gold chain with the cross on it. And I thought, oh my goodness, I prayed for that like nine months ago. Wrote it down in my journal. It was like, it was like an amazing moment. I mean, it seems trivial. It seems like, like nothing. And yet, at the same time, it meant so much to me. Now, I want to fast forward a number of years quite a number of years. In fact, it was just about a year or two before we moved to Canada. And Christine and, uh, and I were married, and, and we lived in a home, and we had been on vacation to the Mediterranean, and Christine had seen a chain with a cross that she really loved, and she bought it. And uh, so she wore it for a while. And then, like, you know how sometimes truth is stranger than fiction? And that if things that happened in real life were in a movie, you would think that would never happen. I'm telling you, the exact same thing happened. She left the chain and the cross on her windowsill. This is now in a different city, and it's like 15 years apart. And the window cleaner came, and her chain went completely missing. And I said to her, oh, this happened to me when I was at college years ago. We should pray about it. And then we should look in every pocket and see if we can find it after that. So we prayed about it and we looked around the house thinking the Holy Spirit would lead us to it or something. Nothing. I mean, like nothing. Couldn't find it anywhere. Months go by. And we're sitting in the living room talking one day and the two of us are sitting talking. And all of a sudden, this thought came to me. Like while we were talking, and we're still talking, and I walked over, and I picked up this speaker. Remember when you used to have record players and all that, right? I picked up this speaker and shook it, and there was something rattling inside it. So we went and got a screwdriver. We opened up the back, and there was Christine's chain and cross. Now, I can come up with all kinds of natural explanations like, Maybe somebody was visiting with a toddler and they found it and they somehow got it inside the speaker without opening. But do you want to know something? These things don't happen when you don't pray. 
Isn't it strange that when you pray, coincidences happen? And the more you pray, the more coincidences you get. So my advice is to dispel your skepticism and pray in faith, expecting that things that people will call coincidences will happen. God is interested in partnering with us in life and answering our prayers. I want to show you what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 7, he says this. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For all the goody two-shoes in the church who ask receive, but the rest don't. Is that what it says? Who receives? Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and those who knock, the door will be opened to them. Then Jesus says this, would you, any of you who are fathers, give your son a stone when he asks for bread? Or would you give him a snake when he asks for a fish? As bad as you are, you know how to give good things to your children. How much more then will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? God is more eager to answer than we even are to ask. And then, this is, this is talking about a person praying al alone. But then in, later on in Matthew 18, Jesus goes on and he says this. In the next one. Next slide. And so I tell you, what you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Have you ever thought that there are just some things that we just should not permit to happen in our lives and in our families? And we should say, no, enough is enough. I am not permitting these problems to devastate us anymore. In Jesus' name, we pray that they are forbidden in earth. The only thing I'm permitting in my life is the blessings of God. And so he says, and I tell you more, whenever two of you on earth agree about anything, all you have to do is make sure, number one, am I, on the, am, I, am I still on planet Earth? Yes, I am. Number two, can I find somebody else who's still on planet Earth? That shouldn't be too hard. And if two of you on Earth agree about anything you pray for, this is called the prayer of agreement, it might be done for God if he's in a good mood that afternoon. Is that what it says? It will be done for you by my Father in heaven, for where two or three come together in my name, the risen Jesus Christ is spiritually in the midst of us. Prayer changes things. Let's look at the next slide, and let's just look at, at what prayer, how prayer changes things. There's three ways prayer changes things. You will find these terms as you're reading the Bible. The prayer of petition. It says, bring your petitions to God. What does that mean, bring your petitions to God? What is a petition? Well, 
You know, sometimes you're asked to sign a petition or online to sign up for a petition in which perhaps the government or some, somebody or group like that are going to get this petition, which is signed in people's names, and these people are asking the person in authority to make a change about some situation. The prayer of petition is when you go to God, and it's like you are going, and you're signing your prayer, not even with your name, but with Jesus' name, and you're saying, I am petitioning You, God, I am asking for a change to come about in this situation. When you go before God on your own and you pray and you ask for something to change, in the Bible that's called petition. So whenever you see it says, bring your petitions to the Lord or bring pray and petition, that's what it's talking about. You as an individual going to God and asking for something in your life or in your world to be changed. Now, that is what we saw with the prayer of, that Jabez prayed. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and let, let all this trouble and pain be a thing of the past and be with me, causing me to succeed in all that I do. Jabez was praying as an individual for himself, asking God to change his situation, the prayer of petition. But you can also pray for other people. You can pray for somebody else, and you can pray and ask God to change their situation. That's what the second verse that we looked at, John saying, I pray for you, dear friend, that you would prosper in every area of your life and that you would enjoy good health just as you're getting along well spiritually. When you pray for somebody else asking God to change their situation, the big fancy word for that is intercession. You are interceding. So if you ever come across that word in the Bible about pray and intercede, then what it means is you are praying for somebody else that their situation would change. And hey, if you're not very confident in your prayers yet and you want to grow in faith and grow in prayer, one of the best things you can do is get another one or two people with you and say, can you pray with me about this? Can we, I want to tell you about this situation. If we all agree that this is something that needs to change, let's pray together the prayer of agreement. That was what we read about in just a moment. And so prayer changes things, whether you're praying on your own for yourself or whether you're praying on your own for somebody else or whether you've got a couple of people with you and you're praying together, prayer changes things. Now, I just want to say one thing um, about the praying, especially about the praying for other people, but maybe even for yourself. Remember when you're praying that other people's wills are involved, you know? And so, like, if you're praying for, let, let's, say, let's say you need a new job, and let's say you've gone for an interview for a job, and you've just had it, you don't know everything. You don't know whether that job will be good for you or will be bad for you, even if everything looks good. My advice would be not to pray for a particular job, 
but to pray for the right job and to trust God that every closed door, every closed opportunity was the wrong door for you and that he would open the right door. But especially when you're praying for other people, don't pray your will, you know. Lord, I pray for my son and I pray that he would find a wife, especially that particular girl in the youth group with him. Her name is such and such. I pray that she would fall in love with my son. Not just pray that your son finds the right wife. Don't, don't put your will into it. Pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I just add that in? You know, one of the things that prayer really changes is it changes things in the area of our physical health. We saw that at the very beginning, that when we pray for, one of the things we can pray for is physical healing. And I want to, I want to, to just share a story with you. Again, it's a story I've shared before. Um, they're going to put this up on the screen. It's in this book here. This book is called Miracles Still Happen. And um, it was, this book was written in 2003. I had to look it up. And I was, uh, I was asked to be one of the contributing um, authors to this book. So I've only written one chapter in the book. But this is if, if you've got that book, this is the story of it. I'm going to tell the story as briefly as possible. In the book, the story is called The Healing of Peggy and Donna. Now, this happened a long, long time ago. And I deliberately picked this story for this book because it was one of these healings that took place, two healings that took place, that I continued to see the people involved for over a decade afterwards and was able to see that this miracle was a lasting work in their life. And so here's the story. Um, when I was a young pastor, I actually was like the assistant pastor of a church. And one of my jobs was once a month on a Sunday night, we did a healing service. Now, it just it, it started off as a small service. Our main service was a Sunday morning, but we had this small uh, Sunday night healing service once a month. And, and that was one of my responsibilities, to teach about healing and then for us to pray for people who needed healing. Now, people began to get healed. And they began to go and you know, tell other people, and of course their friends and family members saw that they were healed. And so this monthly healing service began to grow and grow, and news began to get around about it. And one night, these two elderly ladies came to the service, and they sat together on the front row, and um, they were both friends, they knew each other, and they were both Irish Catholics. And so they, they had strong Irish accents. They were used to, you know, a kind of traditional style Catholic church. Weren't used to the more contemporary style church that, that we, were, we had at the time. But they came anyway and they sat and they listened to everything. And then they came forward at the end. And I've got to tell you, like, they looked in bad shape. I mean, like, they came shuffling forward, you know, down the front. And one of them, Peggy, had a big collar around her neck. Not just the usual collar, but a big one. 
And the other one, Donna, was stooped over and quite obviously had a, a hunchback. And so they came forward. And so I, I, I was praying for people, and I came to Peggy, first of all, uh, and uh, this was the first time I was meeting them, and I said to her, what would you like prayer for? And she said, spondylitis. Is it spondylitis or spondylosis? Whatever it is, some kind of crumbling of the bone condition that was happening all the way down her neck and her spine, and she was seized up, and she was in constant agony, and... Um, she told me about this cocktail of painkillers and arthritis medication and all kind of stuff that she was on, and she was just in pain every day, and that she had uh, one of these care workers who came to her home every day to help her because she couldn't do anything. And so I prayed for her, and I laid hands upon her, and nothing apparently happened. And then I went on to Donna, and I said to her, what would you like prayer for? Well, she started to list off so many ailments, I lost count. And I said, oh, just forget it. Like, you know, like my faith level is getting lower by the second. Don't tell me any more here, right? And uh, so I said, let's just, I said, you know, if you, if you had a car that was in that bad a condition, you would take it into the mechanic and say, just give it a complete overhaul, so we're going to pray that God gives you a complete overhaul rather than list these ailments one at a time. So that's what we did. We prayed for Donna that she would have a complete overhaul. Nothing apparently happened. A month went by. The next healing service, Peggy and Donna came back. Donna, uh, Peggy came without her collar. Donna still looked in the same state that she was in the previous month. But Peggy didn't. Peggy looked completely free, and she came back, and she said, I need to share a story, and we brought her up on the platform, and she said, I came last month, and I've had this for like 15 years, and I've got this care worker, and she brought her collar, and she brought a, like a plastic shopping bag filled with bottles of pills that she used to have to take, and she said, um, I got prayer, and nothing happened. And she said, I went home and, I, and absolutely, I didn't feel any better. And I went to bed that night and I thought, I think that, that guy's a charlatan. I don't think he really had, nothing happened. And she said, I went to sleep and I woke up the next day. And when I woke up the next day, I was 100% healed, totally and completely healed. And... And she said, my care worker arrived and was totally shocked and said, what are you doing? Because she said, I was up on ladders changing the curtains. And she said, you can't do that. And she said, I've just spent two hours doing the weeding in the backyard. And she was completely healed and she never took another pill. And like for a whole decade, I continued to know that woman and she continued to come to to events and to share her story, and her healing remained. It was a miracle, and she told everybody in the town about it. It was an instant healing, not instant when we prayed, but instant the next morning when she woke up. Now, Donna was different. She came back and said, my diabetes has cleared up. The doctors have tested me, and I don't have it anymore, but she still had the hunchback, and she still had all these other problems. And with Donna, Donna came every month. In fact, they both came every month to the healing service. And Donna was different than Peggy. We prayed for Donna, and every month, one other ailment cleared up. And by the time we got to the end 
of the year, Donna didn't even have a hunchback anymore and stood on the platform with a steel bar corset she used to have to wear. And she, used, and she said, I used to have to wear this every day. And even then I was still stooped over. I'm free of it now and I'm standing upright. She also, although it took a year, she was also 100% healed. And for a whole decade afterwards, as I continue to know these women, she came and shared her story. Isn't God an amazing prayer answering God? People, I'm sharing that with you to say this. Sometimes people get healed instantly. Sometimes they get healed gradually. Sometimes they get fully healed. And sometimes they get partially healed. But we don't give up and we don't stop. We keep pursuing God and we keep praying. Where is Casey? Give us a wave, Casey. Now, you might look at Casey and see that he's got this walker here to hold him up, and you might think this guy needs healed. But if you had saw him just a few months ago or, uh, lying in a hospital bed, if you had saw him when it looked pretty bad, when we didn't know if Casey was coming back, God began to heal him, has healed him so much that he's, uh, he's alive, he's at well, he's up out of his hospital, he's home. He's at church every week, and we are going to continue to pray for him until 100% healing happens. Sometimes it happens in a flash. Sometimes it is a journey of healing. But let's be a people of prayer. Put up the last verse, the book of James, and let's just have a look at what the book of James says. Are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? encourage them to pray because that's the thing that's going to change it. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out their praises. Are there any among you sick? Then ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick person and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick person and the Lord will raise them up and if they've committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. Confess and acknowledge how you've offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of godly believers. Isn't that a fantastic verse in the Bible? Come on, people, let's stand. Let's all stand together. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come down the front, the worship team to come on to the platform. And I just want, in a moment, to invite everybody who wants prayer for healing, physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing for yourself or you want somebody to agree in prayer with you for the healing of a loved one who isn't here. If you want healing prayer for yourself or for somebody else, can you stick your hand up right now and just give me a wave? Okay, as the rest of us continue to worship, those of you who want prayer, come down the front and join us here with the healing team and we're going to pray for you. We're going to ask God to heal you. But let me just pray publicly first.
Let's all just stretch out our hands to the people who are making their way down the front. Father God, we pray for these people today. We pray that they would prosper in every area of their life, that they would be instantly healed, that they would enjoy good health, and that they would be spiritually blessed in every way. Let your healing power flow through the prayers that are prayed and the hands that are laid upon these people. This day we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's begin to worship God as we pray.